Hello, girly men. Today's episode is the second installment of my Being a Man series. This is an intimate one-on-one between me and you, the listener. I will present ideas on living or being, as in being a man, that I found useful in my own life. Being a Man episodes are part older brother insight, part theoretical sandbox, part gay elder pontificating. You know, these are ideas I've cobbled together from just paying attention during my 55-year-old life, from doing my own personal work with therapists, from writing my, my memoir, from belonging to different kinds of fraternal groups, from meditation and yoga, and doing men's work like that at the Mankind Project. You know, this is not a be a man episode. These are being a man episodes. So I'm not telling you what to do to prove you're a man. You're already a man. You know, what I'm doing is sharing uh, insight on being the inward reflections of a conscious man who knows what he wants and how to get it. Use the parts that work for you and leave the rest. Your authenticity is the only tool required. And a heart-centered connection with yourself, with other gay men, and with your chosen communities, that's the goal. Being a Man episodes are wrapped up in a cool three-letter acronym, B-A-M, so you can easily find the BAM episodes by just looking for the BAM heading. So now, on to the show. The moment you realized you were a gay man, you were forced onto the path of the other. So you know oppression, inside and out. The calling of otherness has led you on your own hero's journey. And that journey has prepared you for greatness. You are a man answering the call to brotherhood, to conscious sex, and to heart-centered connection. Welcome home, brother. Hello, brothers. Today, I'm going to talk about our evolution as a community from oppression to celebration. But before I get into the arc of a community moving from oppression to celebration, I'd like you to answer a question about community. Now, when I said community, what came to mind for you? Did you think of a physical space like the city you live in, like Los Angeles, Detroit, Pocatello? Did you think of your neighborhood like Hillcrest or Boys Town or your suburb outside of Kansas City, Missouri? Did you think of an identity-based group? Did you think of the LGBTQIA plus community, your sports team, your church, your favorite bar? Did you think the queer community? Did you think the gay men's community specifically? Now, when someone mentions the word community, especially when someone says our community, you know, what do you think of? Think about that for a second. You know, if you identify as a gay man, Do you think of the gay men's community as your community? I'm curious because today I'm talking about celebrating our greatness. And it's hard to celebrate our greatness if we don't own who we are to begin with. To be clear, today the community I'm talking about celebrating is the gay men's community. And I have to say, just saying that out loud brings up fear in me. You know, as I talked about in the last BAM episode, I know that I don't make the best decisions when I'm coming from fear. Fear causes me to think small, so bear with me if I first deal with my own fear. (laughs) You know, the, the, the fear that I'm 
dealing with is that serving the gay community specifically will bring me under attack. Yeah, a weird fear. I have a fear that doing something specifically for gay men uh, will bring me under attack. You know, it's not entirely rational, but the fear is there. You know, this fear has me wanting to move away from the pain my gayness caused me, away from the rejection of family and institutions, away from the humiliation of taunts from bullies, away from ridicule received after, you know, making authentic choices related to my queerness. You know, fear has me moving away from oppression, away from pain and suffering, you know, because that's fear's job to protect me, to move me away from harm. But fear is a limiting paradigm to act from. I will never know joy, true freedom, or dare I say, enlightenment, when I'm pushing away from something out of fear. So, this is what I'm going to do right now with you. I'm going to take what Tara Branch, in her book on Buddhism, Radical Acceptance, calls a sacred pause. You know, she wrote a whole book on this deceptively simple act of consciously deciding to take a short pause, just stopping activity. I'm closing my eyes, checking in with my physical body and my emotions. And this is a key part. I accept everything that I find. The sacred pause is just that. It's a pause. It allows me to just sit quietly with whatever sensations and feelings I find. And when I find fear, like I do when I'm talking about the subject of doing something specifically for gay men, I simply feel it in my body. And it just bounces around like a ping pong ball in my body. I acknowledge it and I embrace it. You know, I welcome it as an old friend with lots of emotions he regularly voices in my head. He wants to protect me. That's fear's job. This friend I'm calling fear has been through some trauma around being a gay man. And um, that I, I, you know, I've been through some trauma about being a gay man in the community. My fear won't let me forget that. This friend called fear has been, has even experienced trauma linked to being a cisgendered man, especially a white man in the far left politics that characterize my gender as toxic and my right race as that of the oppressor. You know, with that voice in my head, it's hard to celebrate who I am because I'm moving away from something. In this case, I'm moving away from fear. And that's not creative. It's not expansive. It's not inclusive. It's small. It's tight. It's hard. It's closed off. That's when the sacred pause of honoring my current reality is really useful. It creates space for something else. It opens a door. It allows me to make a decision to move towards something like celebration instead of away from something like oppression. You know, moving towards something allows me to be authentic, honest, and open. It allows me to come from love, which is creative and expansive, and it allows me to get what I want. So honoring the fear, and more importantly, honoring myself and what's really happening to me internally, somehow quiets that emotion and makes way for creative, generative, conscious choices. I don't know why it works. It just does. 
You know, those pauses give me an insight I wouldn't have had otherwise. That's the good stuff. Now I can create, I can explore, and I can design my own future, a future that I want. So thank you for allowing me to process that emotion with you. Again, I don't know why it works. It just does. And that's important because moving towards something requires to know what I'm moving towards. So if I'm not going to move away from something, if I'm going to move towards something, I need a vision. A vision that starts with the true sense of who I am and to radically accept who I am at each step of that journey, all while remaining open to growth. I need a vision with a clear picture of who I want to be so I can choose a path that will lead me to the manifestation of my authentic self, a place where I live in my zone of genius. How awesome is that? Again, living in my zone of genius is outlined in the book Above the Line by Jim Dittmer. He says, your zone of genius is your unique power. It is a one-of-a-kind quality that you bring to life and to your work that lets you do certain things better than almost anyone else. So with that in mind, let's talk about moving towards celebrating our greatness. Okay, so I've processed my fear. I've done all that. I've connected to my zone as a genius. Now I'm ready to celebrate my vision of who I am as a gay man. And um, as this is off script, I mean, this is just, I don't know. It's scary putting this out there. Yeah, I'll talk about where we've been from, as in oppression, where we've been from as a movement. But first I want to touch on the possibility of what we can be moving towards, as in towards celebration. So what does celebration mean? I say when I celebrate something, I am talking about a process. I'm talking about an act or a ritual that just imparts my, our unique intrinsic nature to each other and to the entire world. So the following is my vision of the world that I'm already being in by doing this podcast. It's happening right now. It's not going to happen in the future. Life is happening now. So this is what's happening right now. It's the vision of a community that I'm doing my part in to move us towards. This is the mission, the vision, the proposition, and the declaration of the Girly Men podcast community. It's a work in progress. It will evolve as the community grows. You know, this is a banner I'm raising for the world to see, and those who resonate with the message are encouraged to follow it. The mission is we provide space for gay men to evoke our full, authentic brilliance, to honor, nurture, and celebrate our intrinsic nature. And yes, part of our intrinsic nature is our desire to connect sexually. Next is our vision. Our vision is to create a sacred and protected space in which man can explore their richness and bounty of their most fundamental self, their community, and their own values. We celebrate gay identity, leveraging our intrinsic instincts to generate lives of contentment, self-reliance, communal responsibility, and dignity. Then there's the proposition. Yes, the word proposition. Our proposition is, that our attraction towards other men creates a unique culture that is fertile with connection, brotherhood, and community. 
Internalized heterosexual supremacy found in society's standard narrative on sexual identity hinders a full expression of the powerful, spiritual, and generative nature of gay men. Using the traditions of meditation, ritual, yoga, and radical honesty, we are able to release what does not serve our higher good, reveal our loving spirit, and celebrate our true self. Whew. So that being said, the last thing is our declaration. We declare that we love gay men, laughter, spiritual connection, sex, healthy bodies, enlightened minds, and open hearts. We believe that understanding and loving ourselves as individuals makes the world a better place for everyone in it. We are committed to offering transformational experiences for men to cultivate mindful, mature masculinity and to speak with an authentic, generative voice. Whew. That's a lot of words, but I find them necessary to focus my energies towards something. All those words outline the something I'm moving towards, and I invite you to join me. So now, finally, let's talk about our community of gay men, where we were, or possibly still are, on the arc of moving from oppression to celebration. I see it as a five-step progressive process. And here I'm talking about the communal arc of gay men. Moving from step one, oppression. Step two, tolerance. Step three, acceptance. Step four, liberty. And step five, celebration. So this is step one, oppression. Oppression was and is vile hatred. It's something to move away from. That is the reason fear of oppression is actually healthy. We needed to move away from it. Those still experiencing oppression still need to move away from it. Examples of oppression in my own life include, you know, I had a new boyfriend who went to Europe and I was house sitting at his house and my boyfriend's landlord called the police, the Burbank Police Department, who forced me and my boyfriend's two cats and his turtle out of the guest house. And um, it includes Senator Jesse Helms referring to me and my HIV-positive brothers facing the horror of a deadly disease as, quote, preferred human beings not worthy of federal money to combat AIDS. He said that on the floor of the Senate. The third thing, uh, example of oppression, these are easier than the other ones, guys, <laughs> um, was being called a faggot and having eggs thrown at me on the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and San Vicente in the heart of West Hollywood. It was 1991. You know, that's the same corner the sheriff's station was on. And I, the example of oppression was the dep deputy at the counter of the sheriff's station listening to the story of eggs being thrown at me and being called a faggot and then him telling me that a crime had not been committed and there was nothing he could do. So there's oppression. Step two is tolerance. You know, tolerance was and is a step up from oppression. Tolerance is civil disagreement. It's witnessing something that we find offensive and letting it be without actively working against it. Examples of tolerance are not calling out your coworker who farted in the elevator. You just tolerate it. Tolerance is a government like Los Angeles in, uh, oh, I'm going to get the date wrong, when we had our first uh, gay liberation parade, you know, issuing a permit to an organization that they were on the record being against, you know. Tolerance in my life, you know, in the Idaho school system, tolerated my all-male drill team. 
We could do exhibitions, but we could not compete or integrate with the girls. So on to step three, acceptance. Acceptance is being deemed worthy of inclusion. Acceptance is turning on the blinders of the dominant class to the individual's differences. The folks in charge have evolved to the degree that they are making a conscious effort to keep people's differences from holding them back. You know, acceptance is being uh, received as adequate and suitable. There is little to no acknowledgement of diversity and acceptance. What there is, is an effort to treat everybody exactly the same. In my judgment, that acceptance levels the playing field, but it does not honor diversity. It just makes us all the same. Examples of acceptance include being hired for a job by my employer who is making a concerted effort to omit any attribute about the applicant they find acceptable, like race, gender, sexual orientation, sexual identity. Let's assume they are not putting the blinders on those things because they're forced to by the state. That would be tolerance. Acceptance is an employer making a conscious effort to dismiss all diverse aspects of an individual and treat everyone exactly the same. I experience full acceptance from my bio family. They do not treat me with any less love or respect than they do my sibling. I share details about my primary relationship, my work, my vacation destinations, but I don't share queer details like the fact that I was at a conference exploring racial justice, self-selected pronouns, and negotiating BDSM sex. And to be fair, I ask very little about their religious lives, what they do in their temple and, and whatnot. I accept that their religion brings them peace, joy, and support. I accept it because I love them, the way they accept me because they love me. So then we're on to step four. Step four is liberty. You know, and liberty is finally we're getting into the real area of diversity, of celebrating diversity, which is the last step. But liberty is having the ability to move freely in life with my individual diversity completely intact, unmuted and on full glorious display. My race, gender, gender identification, sexual orientation, political affiliation, and more are seen and respected. They're even valued. You know, I can just do as I please. The laws of the land apply equally to me. You know, I can plan events, create art, perform rituals, work where I want, and associate who I want, love who I want, and say what I want. Liberty is the freedom to choose my own path while remaining true to my authentic self. And examples of liberty are interesting. <laughs> you know, evidence of liberty in my own life shows up in the sexual arena. You know, I've been able to produce three gay men's sex parties. Two were public, you know, where I charged admission at the door with my, my leather club. And one was private and highly exclusive. I had the liberty to do that because of the laws and the culture of the region of the world I live in here in Southern California. I never once worried that my employer, the city of West Hollywood, would discipline me because of that activity. You know, that's liberty. You know, like it or not, red MAGA hats are an example of liberty. You know, choosing a crazy name for your kid is liberty. A ridiculous paint job on your car or boat is liberty. Creating art that conveys a message counter to the dominant culture, that's liberty. Naked gay men's yoga classes, that's liberty. 
Sex clubs like those found in Europe, that's liberty. I don't see those same kind of uh, sex club bathhouses here in the United States that allow us to have the dignity of gathering in a restaurant, maybe having a meal and a beer in addition to the sex that we're having other places. We're not allowed that kind of liberty here in the United States. Finally, let's get to celebration. Celebration is, quote, the action of making one's pleasure at an important event or occasion by engaging in enjoyable, typically social activity. At least that's what the internet says, and I agree with it. You know, I'll restate what my own definition I said earlier, which is when I say celebrate, I'm talking about a process, an act, or a ritual that imparts our unique intrinsic nature. I just want to say that again. A celebration imparts our unique intrinsic nature to each other and to the entire world. And celebration is definitely something we should be moving actively towards. Celebration is a conscious choice to elevate some aspect of ourselves and have others affirm it through some sort of act or ritual. So, you know, creating art, that's an act. Getting a birthday cake and singing a song, that's a ritual. You know, examples of celebrating gay identity, I've got to say, are kind of hard to see en masse right now. (laughs) The examples that I do see are you know, those of us out on the fringes in the leather community, like the uh, erotic art fair um, and the erotic art all by itself that the Tama Finland Foundation celebrates. My own memoir, Drama Club, is a book celebrating my experience growing up gay and Mormon in Idaho. That was a form of celebrating a very unique life. Pride parades and festivals are celebrating, you know, the collection of many groups one of which is the gay men's community. However, I've always felt that gay men need to go off the parade campus to find a place that's specifically ours. And we do create those with parties. I'd like to see more than parties. I'd like to see more than gay bars, you know, being the only physical drop-in spaces where we're able to celebrate gay men specifically. And this is my challenge to even like the LGBT Center here in Los Angeles, Brothers and sisters, you have done an amazing job of serving those in need, and I hate to push you further, but gay men who aren't sick, who aren't old, have almost nothing to drop into at the Gay and Lesbian Center. Anyway, I want you, dear listener, to join me in celebrating your greatness, in celebrating our greatness as a community of gay men. On this five-step arc from oppression to celebration, I think we, as the gay men's community, are stumbling around somewhere between steps three and four. We're stumbling around somewhere between acceptance and liberty. And when it comes to celebrating what makes our distinct facet of the rainbow shine, I judge that we are falling short. I judge that gay men are still in so much fear I talked about it because I have it myself, and that's where my judgment comes from. I judge that gay men are still in so much fear caused by the collective trauma of oppression that we are moving away from that. We're spending so much time moving away from that, and in doing so, we do not lean into a full-throated roar of celebration we deserve. The celebration of who we are, what brings us joy, and how we find connection. 
That's what I'm pushing for. That's why a vision is necessary. That's why I offered that vision here. Breathe into and accept your fear, brother. Breathe out, lean forward, and move toward the celebration of our greatness that we all deserve. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Now stay connected by subscribing to Girly Men Podcast and sharing with your friends on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts can be found. Visit the webpage at girlymen.com, sign up for the newsletter, and find more details about each episode. Let's make this a conversation because I'd really like to hear from you. Join us on Facebook at Girly Men. Submit your questions, suggest topics, or just chat with your brothers. Want to add your own two cents? Use the voice memo feature on your smartphone. Ask a question or say anything. We just might play it on the podcast. Email the file to mike at girlymen.com. Until next time.